The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain and living in Canada. And since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, our topic today is dancing and dementia. Let's just talk about dementia for a moment. It's the name for various disorders that affect the brain. The commonest type of dementia is Alzheimer's disease. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive disease of the brain, mostly affecting seniors. It gets worse over time. It impairs memory. It impairs judgment, decision-making, and relationships with others. It impairs all aspects of a person's life, how he or she thinks, feels, and acts. It has no cure, but medications and care do help with some of the symptoms, and it affects 5 million Americans and 500,000 Canadians. Now, to talk about dancing and dementia, our two guests are Bob Smith and Dr. Alekta Rogervine, and I want to just give you a little summary of their interesting biographies, starting with Bob. Now, Bob, Bob Smith retired as a firefighter from the Mississauga, Ontario, Canada Fire Department in 1996. After several months of retirement, he decided to re-enter the workforce. He gave his wife some space by doing this, he says, because space is necessary after retirement. Then for about 10 years, he worked as a driver for the Toronto Auto Auction in Milton, Ontario. His wife, Joan, and he were childhood sweethearts who married in 1956. They are the proud parents of three lovely daughters and seven terrific grandchildren. Then in 2004, Joan was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, And as time progressed, she became less and less able to care for herself. And for the last two years, Bob's been her full-time family caregiver. Dr. Alexa Rogervine has been the lead researcher at Canada's Sheridan Elder Research Center since 2009. And there she's designed and coordinated research projects on topics ranging from dance to computer use and their benefits for older adults. Prior to her work at the Sheridan Elder Research Center, she completed a postdoctoral fellowship at McMaster University specializing in visual perception in older adults. 
She's earned a, she earned her PhD in cognitive psychology at the University of British Columbia in 2007. So, welcome to the to Family Caregivers Unite, Dr. Alexa and Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Now, I'm going to start with Dr. Alexa, please. Um, please tell us more about your professional background and your work at the Sheridan Elder Research Center. And then also I'd like to ask you, do you have personal experience as a family caregiver? Well, professionally, I began studying younger adults, um, but when my grandmother was diagnosed with macular degeneration, um, when I was in graduate school, watching her function just inspired me to work more with older adults. I just saw her, her vast independence and the enormous plasticity of the aging brain, watching her continue to live alone. Um, and so that inspired me to move into studying aging um, and visual perception. And then once I completed my postdoc, I wanted to do work that made a difference to people um, in a more direct in a more direct way. Um, I felt the work I was doing is a little too removed from day-to-day life for people. Um, so I had the opportunity to come work at the Elder Research Center. Um, what we do here is applied research that's designed to make a direct impact on the lives of older adults, whether that's through program development or influencing policy. And the work that we do can be on anything from the built environment, so understanding how you know spaces should be built to facilitate aging well in place, um, to other psychosocial interventions um, that can be made to improve the lives of older adults. Um, so that's sort of the gist of what I do. Um, I'm not currently a family caregiver at this time. Right. Um, my parents are caring for my grandmother, um, and so my parents are not yet at the stage where they need my care. Right. Thanks. We'll, we'll pursue some of these matters um, in some of our questions to follow. Bob, now, please tell us more about your experience as a family caregiver and, and how and when it really first began. Uh, I'm much the same as everybody else in this situation. We uh, meet some real uh, challenges. Uh, I like I take care of all aspects of of day living for myself and my wife, uh, such as cooking, cleaning, laundry, uh, all stuff that at one time we did share. Uh, I've been currently a, a caregiver for almost six years now. Right. Tell me, did you have before your wife developed Alzheimer's? Did you have any other experience in your family of family caregiving? Was there any family caregiving tradition in your family? Uh, in Joan's family, uh, her father, her brother, and her sister all ended up in latter years with uh, with Alzheimer's. But as far as caregiving, uh, we weren't personally involved in it. We knew of it, but... Uh, Never become really involved, and didn't know you know know much about it. Yeah, that, if I can make a comment back to you, Bob, that's pretty typical of I think of people who run into this condition. I don't. I hear a lot from family caregivers to say that they really weren't prepared for what was going to follow, and we'll talk about that later on. Yeah. Dr. Lex, I wanted you to tell us about the dance classes and how and why these began, please. 
Sure. Well, the dance classes that we've been doing um, at the Elder Research Center, are it's a 12-week program where we have people come um, twice per week, and we've done it at a few different locations, which we can talk about later. Um, one day more focuses on, say, alignment and core strength and balance, and the other day really focuses on uh, more modern music. And by modern, I mean, say, uh, modern to the time period of the youth of the participants, so not modern right now, um, say modern, you know, 1940s, 50s, 60s, depending on the age of the participants. Um, and what's great about the program is it's geared 100% to the abilities of the participants. So if people are able to walk or stand for long periods, they could do that or they can do movements that allow for that. Um, if they're chair-bound, then they can do things seated. Um, our definition of dancing is quite broad in that way. Um, why we decided to do this? Um, several years ago, um, CERC received funding from the Canadian Council on Learning to look at the learning needs of Ontario elders. And one of the key pieces of information that we found was that older adults want choice in what they learn and how they learn it. Um, that you can't just dictate to somebody. Of course, this makes intuitive sense. None of us want to be told <laughs> what we can do and when. Um, and so what we did is we said, well, you know, obviously there are gym programs and things like that for people to get exercise, but that doesn't appeal to everybody. Not everyone wants to pump iron. So can we find a more creative way that may appeal to different people um, to get them active? And so that's how the dance program was inspired. Um, right now, it's being funded by a Catalyst grant that's been given by the Canadian Institutes of Health Research. Um, so we're fortunate enough to receive one of those. And that is building the foundation for a larger research program into dance. Right. We'll go back and we'll return to the question of the research and funding and things like that a little bit later on. Bob, now, please tell us how and why you became involved with Dr. Alexa's dance classes. Um. Actually, uh, I attend a support group, and uh, it's uh, through Acclaim Health. We meet uh, twice a month, uh, and anything interesting coming up, uh, we have uh, flyers handed out, and this is how uh, I became aware of the dance classes, and uh, I come home and discussed it with Joan, and uh, she said, yeah, let's try it. So anyways, we thought it would be fun, and... She always loved to dance, so anyways, we tried it and liked it and continued the uh, continued the program. We had a lot of great fun. That's, that's great. Now, were you the, if I can ask you this question, were you the only uh, couple facing the Alzheimer's challenge, or were there others like you? No, Joan and I were the only ones, yeah. Right. How did you get on with the other class members because of Joan's condition? Oh, Fantastic. Yeah, they couldn't uh, couldn't be you know couldn't help enough. If uh, Joan was uh, in a misstep or or having trouble, one of the girls standing by night nearby would uh, would take her hand and help her, and you know stuff. The instructor would come over and pay you know pay special attention, and that yeah, was uh, fantastic. So it sounds like a very nice, supportive environment. Oh, it was. But to music. And then and the music, yeah, it, it was great. Yeah, well, sort of. What was? What did the music do for you both? Well, it, it just cheered me. You know, well, we enjoy music, and and it just you know cheered you up, and you know you got you got moving, and got the blood flowing, and a little conversation afterwards with some of the people, and that was yeah you know, very enjoyable. 
Great. And you're still going to it, the pair of you, are you? No, no. We only done the ten, uh, the ten weeks, and then other things came up, and of course they uh, they did start a. Some of the girls in the class now they decided to carry on, and they are now involved with one of the instructors, uh, but they have to pay for it themselves. Right. Would you like to carry on if you could, uh, both of you, uh, with the dancing? Oh, if there was a program, yeah, started, yes. Uh, we're not as committed now as, uh, as we were, and, uh, yeah, that would be great if a program like that be made available. Yes, we definitely would be interested. Right. So later on, we're going to talk about how, um, you know, the availability of dance classes uh, can be increased, you know, for people like you and mm-hmm. uh, everybody. But that, that's coming later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Now, it's now time for us to take the break, so that's what we're going to do. So this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Bob Smith and Dr. Alexa Rogavine. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will definitely be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What would you do if you were stuck in the middle of nowhere? What would you do if you faced an emergency or disaster? Find out by listening to The Drive to Survive with host Tim McWelch. The program is all about wilderness survival, emergency preparedness, and self-sufficiency. Tim has been a professional survival instructor for nearly 15 years, and his tips and practices could save your life. Tune in to The Drive to Survive every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Help, you know I need someone, You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Bob Smith and Dr. Alex. Alexa Rogavine. Our topic is dancing and dementia. Now, I want to talk more about what the dance classes consisted of and how they helped family caregivers and their family members and how they led to Dr. Alexa's new research into dementia. Now, let's start with Dr. Alexa. 
please tell us more about the dance classes, their purposes, who attends them, and why. Well, as I mentioned before, that it's twice per week. Uh, it's for one hour a week, and generally um, it's for a duration of 12 weeks. So as Bob mentioned, in the summer it was slightly shorter um, because we were limited by some scheduling constraints that we assumed many of the people in the class would have because it was the summer. Um, it turned out that people wanted it to go all summer long, <laughs> which was a fantastic outcome. Um, but the purpose of it um, is to look at the benefits for both the physical body as well well as the psychological um, health. So how are people doing mentally? Um, what sort of social support is the dance providing um, in addition to, of course, the positive changes in your physical health because you're moving more? Um, so that's the general purpose um, is to improve all of those things. Um, as for who attends them, we run this research project at a few different locations. We started at a retirement home, um, well, a couple different retirement homes run by Schlegel Seniors Villages, which is a um, medium-sized retirement home chain um, in southern Ontario. And after that, we did one on campus, which is the one um, that Bob and Joan participated in at Sheridan College um, in the beautiful dance studios that we have here because we're also fortunate enough to have a musical theater program um, that made that available to us. And um, currently, we're doing it at a supportive housing location in Burlington, Ontario. So we're, it's been a fairly diverse group. Um, coming up in the spring, we're hoping to do the project at a long-term care facility so people are at slightly higher um, levels of physical need than we've worked with previously. Um, and also to, again on campus, do some work um, with some clients at the Alzheimer Day program um, that is next door to us. Um, okay. So we'll be working with a whole variety of people. Right. Now, Bob, I want to ask you to tell us more about the challenges that Alzheimer's disease creates, creates for you and Anne Joan. What are the challenges that you two face? Uh, the challenges are, are, are many. Uh, each day, uh, at the start of the day, you wonder what and how things are, are, are going to be, and uh, you, uh, you take it in stride. Uh, I know it was extremely difficult for me at first, and because of all the support, not only from my own family, but uh, through Acclaim Health and other people, uh, it's made things a lot easier. And uh, having more knowledge now of the disease, it uh, gives you a better understanding of of uh, what happens and why it happens, and kind of takes the mystery out of out of the disease. Bob, what would you say uh, were the really the two really biggest challenges that you personally have faced in being a family caregiver for, for Alzheimer's disease? Uh, uh, for me, it uh, is, uh, I think, probably uh, personal hygiene. Uh, uh, Joan got to the, well, she couldn't do it herself, so I attempted to help with her daily hygiene, but she would have no part of it at all. But I now have my daughters coming down, and uh, they take good care of that. At this point in time, I guess eventually we'll have to get some outside help, but right now we're able to cope uh, cope on our own with uh, with that. But that 
to me, is the, the, the two biggest uh, biggest challenges. Right. Now, Dr. Alexa, let's talk about dementia or Alzheimer's disease, whichever you prefer, and the way the dance classes help. Um, I want you to identify the things that you believe are most helpful to family caregivers and their family members in meeting the challenges that they encounter. Dr. Alexa? Well, um, it depends on who you're looking at. Like, if I am I, do you want to hear about how it benefits a caregiver who participates or the um, person with dementia who is participating? Let's take. Let's talk about the person first with dementia, and okay. then I'll come back to the family caregiver. Okay, so the person with dementia's um, participation, there are a few different ways um, that we believe it helps, um, and we're going to, of course, explore this more as we collect more data in the, in the upcoming months. Um, but there are a couple different ways. Um, the first is this is a completely non-judgmental environment. Um, it's unfortunately one of the difficulties that people with dementia find is that, of course, learning new things um, can be very difficult. Um, in a traditional dance environment, of course, the focus is on learning a routine and practicing that and building on that from week to week. Um, that is not an essential component of what we're doing. It may be with a more cognitively able group, um, but it doesn't have to be for it to be a fulfilling and fun way to spend time and for it to be meaningful. Um, so we can build on the existing strengths of the people with dementia um, to give them an experience that they find fulfilling and meaningful at that time. Um, also, music can be very, very powerful um, for people um, dealing with dementia, um, especially music from their youth, because they still have those memories quite clearly. Um, and so bringing up positive associations of experiences had when one was young um, just helps you enhance a positive experience um, when participating. Um, our hope is that the participation in this type of program by combining both the positive cognitive experience of feeling good during it as well as the physical um, work that's being done, it may make um, the day easier for caregivers um, because maybe the person with dementia is feeling better um, throughout the remainder of the day. So that's, I mean, that's at least the uh, hope that what, of what we'll find um, for the people with dementia participating. Perfectly fair. Now, I'm going to ask Bob, you've already told us why you both, both Joan and you, decided to attend the dance classes. And you've already told us, and uh, this is very impressive, that they were fun. But I wonder what they did for you as well, personally, as the family caregiver, Bob. What did you get out of the dance classes? Uh, I guess you could say uh, doing things together, uh, Enjoying the the time and the music, and, uh, and, and and you know just being able to to uh, to spend quality time and and uh, and fun time together. Yeah, that's what Dr. Alexa was talking about, wasn't it? Is that sense that uh, this was going to bring a, you know a kind of uplifting of the spirits mm -hmm. and. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, would, would you agree with that? Oh yes, we always felt good after the uh, the lesson was over. Joan was very happy. Yeah. yeah. When we left. Yeah. She really enjoyed herself. That's one thing uh, she hasn't forgotten, and that's music. Fabulous. 
Now, um, Dr. Alexa, I'm going to ask you to talk about more the research from the point of view, well, from any point of view that you didn't mention when I first asked you about, uh, you know, um, people with dementia and also family caregivers. Um, just, just sort of, as it were, continue to answer that question so it fills in with what Bob was saying. Sure. Um, from our point of view also, we because this the group that Bob was participating in, as he mentioned, um, he and Joan were the only um, married pair um, with people who with a member of the pair who was dealing with dementia. But we did have many people in the class um, who were also family caregivers. And for them, um, something we heard many, many times was that this for them was their time. It was time when they could could take care of themselves, have a good time for themselves, um, get some exercise, meet some new people, you know, and and get out and and have time on their own. Um, so of course there are benefits to that for them. Um, I think what's so great about what Bob and Joan did is that you know they were able to find something that was fun for them that wasn't about Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> it was it, it was just a good time, hopefully similar to the good times that they had you know, years and years ago when they were danced together. You know, and it wouldn't, it doesn't all have to be about difficulty. It can be about finding joy um, in moments together um, outside of it. So um, it's it's good for caregivers both to work together with their care partner, um, but also to get out on their own and have a good time and, and do their own thing. Um, I'm not sure if Bob would have done this on his own. <laughs> I don't know if he's a, a dancer, if that's the top of his list of uh, fun things to do for him. Um, but, you know, it would be the equivalent of him finding something that he thought was the most fun hobby for him to do that on his own. Yeah. Bob, let answer Alex, Dr. Alex's question. Would you have done this on the, your own, and was this something that you really did find to be a sort of hobby for you? And I, I just want to put another question to you that kind of fits together. Uh, often, people like you say how tired they get, how exhausted they get, and I know a lot of people involved with family caregiving worry about the effect on their health. So was this a hobby? Uh, as Dr. Alexa was talking about, and did it help you with your health and cope with the things you have to cope with? Bob? Well, it took your mind off of everything that was happening in your life. It was uh, a couple of hours of of fun time. Uh So I guess the answer is yes, that uh, you'd go along with what Dr. Uh, Alexa is saying. Yeah, personally, I would not have... uh, signed up on my own, uh, if it was line dancing or something like that. I'm a country and western fan, so okay. uh, I would have, yes, been only too glad to to sign up for something like that. But, uh, as I say, what they were offering was, like, as I say, was totally new to me, and it was, it was fun, very enjoyable, but uh, on my own, no, I wouldn't have... Uh, it takes two to dance, in other words. Yes, yes. Right. Now, it's that time again. We're going to have to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Bob Smith and Dr. Alexa Brogovine. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Bounty hunting and private investigation are two industries that have only recently become popular in the media, but these industries have been around much longer. Join Mel Barth, a bounty hunter since 1986 and a PI since 1988. Mel now brings his expertise to the Voice America Variety Channel for It's Not a Game. You and the law. Mel and his guests will bring you an edgy and unique program about legal issues, private investigation, and bail and bounty hunting. Tune in Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Variety. Don't miss it. Are you a leader who needs to become better and more consistent? Are you someone who's trying to be a leader but can't seem to get to that level despite seemingly doing everything right? Tune in to Leadership Every Day with your host, Marguerite Calloway. Marguerite and her guests will spotlight proven leadership traits, capabilities, and experiences designed to help you become a leader or a better leader. Listen for Leadership Every Day, Tuesdays at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 1600 hours in South Africa, on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's Doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Bob Smith and Dr. Alexa Rogavine. Our topic is dancing and dementia. Now, I want to talk more about Dr. Alexa's research. Um, You've already told us some things about it, but I want you to go into a bit more detail about the research into dance, why the source of the funding is so significant, and what questions the research is intended to answer. Now, I know that's a PhD-length question, (laughs) but there you go. Well, um, what I think your listeners might find most exciting are some of the results that we've seen so far. I've taken a look at the preliminary results as of right now. Um, of course, that doesn't include the people who are participating. Um, they finish up this week or anybody, of course, is doing it next term. Um, but the results have been overwhelmingly positive. We looked at both quantitative measures of, say, physical endurance, um, flexibility, and things like that, um, as well as measures of mood um, and quality of life. And we saw consistent improvements across the board um, that were statistically significant in many, many different areas, um, particular things like flexibility in the shoulders um, and uh, reports of positive mood. Um, overall, both negative mood declined and positive mood increased um, to a significant degree, which is very exciting for us. Um, the source of the funding, um, well, right now we're funded by the federal government, which is wonderful. Um, what this grant does for us, however, um, while it supports high-quality research, it also puts limits on the way in which we can implement the program. Um, as Bob was mentioning, the class that was going on in the summer um, has come to an end, and some of the women in the class, because they enjoyed it so much, they wanted it to continue. So they figured out a way to make it happen, but instead of being provided for free as part of a research program, um, the participants have to pay for it themselves. Um, our 
research funding as it stands now doesn't allow us to really get a, a program that could be long-lasting off the ground. It's more meant as a short-term um, or relatively short-term measurement of the benefits of dance. And while that's important, um, it still leaves gaps in how we're going to see how this happens over the long term for people. Um, so different funding sources may allow us to do that in different ways and look at the long-term possibilities. Um, it all changes depending on the requirements of the funder. Okay. Um, so does that answer your question? Or? Yes, I'm, I'm coming back to parts of it, but that's, that's a great start to the PhD. <laughs> Bob, um, now this is, I've heard from many family caregivers on Family Caregivers Unite who've told me that they really felt so unprepared for the family caregiving they now do. Now first off, is that how you felt? And did the dance classes help you learn things about family caregiving? Bob? Yes, uh, I was totally, totally unprepared. I had really no no concept whatsoever as uh, what was uh, in the future. Uh, as far as the dance classes go, uh, I think it did help because it uh, certainly uh, certainly put Joan in a more positive and a, and a more pleasant uh frame of mind plus uh, the movement the exercise uh, you know the socializing she loves to socialize uh, uh, was a big help as well but now I, I thought that uh, all around the dance class it was a was a big help to, well to both of us actually because we both had a lot of fun and just you know for uh, a couple of hours yeah yeah. Just forgot. It was a different life for a mm. couple yeah. of hours. Yeah. Uh, we'll be coming back to those things, Bob. Okay. Now, now, Dr. Lakes, a different sort of question. What are the things about the dance class and the research you're, you're starting that make the sun shine for you? Well, that's easy because... <laughs> um, it's it's people like Bob and Joan coming and participating. You know, I mean, I, I didn't get to observe all the classes because, of course, my, my presence there would be disruptive. I'm not teaching the classes or participating, and I don't want people to feel like I'm watching them. Um, but um, just to see how happy the classes make people. I remember going to this one uh, class when it was at a retirement home nearby, and there was another pair, a husband and wife, and the wife um, was dealing with dementia. And the look on her face when she was participating, for me, was, I, I mean, I was exhausted that day, just exhausted from doing data collection and running around and getting things done. The look on her face just made me say to myself, you know what, that's why I do this. That is why I do this. So it's the, it's the reactions of the participants. Right. Bob, I'm going to ask you the same question, but it's about family caregiving generally. Bob, what are the things about family caregiving that make the sun shine for you? Well, uh, I hope I can get this out. I know how emotional this is, and I'll help you. Uh, each day is, is full of challenges. And, uh, as we pass through the day, and our success, 
successful and having a pleasant, fun day. Uh, at bedtime, when when my wife hugs and kisses me, smiles and says, "Thank you." It makes it all worthwhile. It makes the sunshine for me. That's one of the most beautiful things I've heard on this show, Bob. Um, if we were together, I'd shake you by the hand out of respect for you, um, if I can make that comment to you. It's wonderful. Wow. I hope you could hear me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to back, go back to Dr. Alexa. Um, I'm going to ask you still about your research. Now, how do you go about answering the questions that you want research to answer? The reason I'm asking you this question is that lots of us hear all these fancy things about research, but we're never really quite clear what researchers actually do to answer their research questions. So please bring us into that secret. Well, um, this particular program of research, um, because of the way in which it's been designed, um, what we're looking at are the way people are before they participate in the classes, and then we do the same measurements after they've done the classes, and we want to see if there's a difference. Um, another way of looking at it would be to do that same thing, but then to also have a group who, say, didn't do a dance class. Maybe they did a regular exercise class or a crossword puzzle group or something that that would be a control group. Um, in our case, we didn't do that um, simply because of um, the limitations on funding. Um, but what we did in our case, because we're interested in physical changes um, as well as changes in mood and quality of life, to do the physical stuff, we used a battery called the Senior Fitness Test Kit, which is a um, battery of tests um, that's been normalized with older adults, which means I know what to expect of somebody of a certain age, um, and it's able to be administered for people who are at all ability levels. Um, if you're in a wheelchair, of course, there are certain things you can't do, um, but it's not going to put anyone in danger who's participating. Um, in order to look at mood and quality of life, there are some very well-used questionnaires that have been used by researchers over and over again to get at how people are feeling about certain things. Um, and people don't remember what they said, you know, 10 or 12 weeks previous on the questionnaire. So it's not as if they're saying, oh, I should be feeling better, so I'm going to give this response. Um, because we give it so many weeks apart, we get, I think, very honest answers about how people are feeling, um, or at least as honest as they're ever going to be on a questionnaire. And so that allows us to get a little insight into how they're feeling um, in, in something that we can't measure directly. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you there because I want one last question before the break to Bob. Um, Bob, what advice do you have for family caregivers like you who are wondering whether they and the people they're caring for, their wives or their husbands, can be helped by dance classes and the research that Dr. Alexa is, is starting. What advice do you have for those family caregivers? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get the question. Okay. Um, I'm a family caregiver, and I'm wondering whether I should join the dance classes or the research that Dr. Alexa is starting. What advice would you give me? I would say definitely uh, join the dance classes. Is that right. the 
Is that the type of answer you're looking for? Yes. I mean, I'm not trying to kind of lead you into it, but that's exactly what I think listeners should hear. That is, you've done it, you've been there, and you're saying, look, to others, have a go. Now, do you need to be musical? Do you need, you know, you were musical. You were talking about the kind of music that you liked. Um, do you have to be musical, do you think, to benefit from the dance club? Oh, definitely not. Uh, no, uh, just uh, getting up and, 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 you know, the music itself is so uplifting that uh, and it doesn't matter what type of, uh, whether you're in sync with the, the dance step or, or whatever, you're, you know, you're moving and, and having fun and doing silly things and making mistakes and we all laugh and you know and it's just great it's uh, yeah i can't say enough enough good about it it's so much fun and then as i say when classes resume if they do in the spring yeah we'll definitely be attending them for sure right so even if you're somebody like me with two left feet uh it's still a good thing to go to that's what you're saying isn't it oh absolutely yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> right now, we're going, it is again the time for us to pay the rent and take the short break, which we're going to do now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Bob Smith and Dr. Alexa Rogavin. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. We're coming back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. you got to believe. Listen up. Conceive Magazine is now on the air, live, and on demand on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Hosted by Kim Hahn, founder of Conceive Magazine. Conceive On Air offers comfort and emotional support to women contemplating starting or expanding their family by consulting noted professional experts and by sharing the insights and experiences of others. Kim wants to share her experiences to educate and empower women. Conceive On Air is the only complete resource destination that inspires and informs future moms about their fertility on the journey to parenthood. Conceive On Air with Kim Hahn, celebrating the creation of families. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you know i need someone you are listening to family caregivers unite with dr gordon atherley if you have any questions or comments about our program please address them by email to doc g at mymonami.com. That's Doc, 
letter G, at MYMONAMI.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Bob Smith and Dr. Alexa Rogovine. Our topic is dancing and dementia. Now, family caregiving is more and more important, not just for families, but also for the healthcare systems and society as a whole in North America and beyond. So let's talk about ways in which the benefits of dancing, which you've both spoken about, can be brought to more family caregivers and their family members. Starting with Dr. Alexa, what would you like to see done so that dancing classes are extended to more family caregivers and their family members in North America? Dr. Alexa? Well, there are a couple different things I would suggest. Um, Our dance program, we found... Um, filled a need that hadn't really been filled in the local community. And we think that that's because um, our classes are taught by people who work as professional dancers. Um, It's not simply somebody who dances a little bit and decides they can teach a class. This is somebody who does this for their living. Um, And they've also had instruction how to work with older adults because the learning needs of older adults are very different from those of, say, a five-year-old taking a ballet class. I mean, it's completely different group. Um, so I think that these types of instructors um, should be integrated into existing outlets for classes that already exist, say community centers um, and other sorts of senior centers um, and things like that. Um, further, I think that we also have to work on making classes of all different types, um, whether it's dance or of the kind we're doing or line dancing, because, of course, again, people want to do different things, depending on what their interests are, um, available in outlets that may not always have provided them because they think it's just passing time, when in reality it's a very constructive and positive thing to engage in. It's preventative medicine. Um, so involving it to a greater degree in, say, retirement homes um, and churches and other, other facilities that are more accessible to people. Right. Bob, now, do you see paying for dance classes as a problem for some family caregivers? And if you do, what should be done to help them and who should be responsible for providing the help? So is, <coughs> excuse me, is funding a problem... I, I believe that it, it could be a problem for some some family caregivers and most seniors, uh, like myself, are on a fixed income, and that's just a, an added expense. Uh, most uh, seniors are productive in society and pay taxes, and and uh, I think they deserve some sort of uh, some help in this. Uh, in this area, and, and, and perhaps uh, some of the funding uh, for programs for seniors could be could be uh, slated towards uh, some of the dance programs. So Bob, is that, <coughs> excuse my voice. <coughs> is that a, a problem the government can solve? Yeah, all well, there's charitable organizations too. I guess that uh, approached. Uh, it's quite possible could help on that one and uh, that line as well. But uh, as I say, the, the government does offer a lot of programs for seniors, and uh, funding from them would uh, would be yeah, great. Would 
allow more and more people to uh, uh, to participate. And I mean, ten or twenty dollars doesn't sound like much to some people, but twenty dollars to some people, it's uh, you know some 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 extra groceries or something. It's real money. It's yeah. real real money. Yeah. yeah. And also, if I can put words into your mouth, this would be a good investment for government. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, like getting back to 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 the other to the question, like the uh, with the dance program, uh, any movement that's helpful, it relieves stress, anxiety, it challenges the mind, it gives feeling of accomplishment. You know, it helps overcome shyness, and best of all, it's a lot of fun. So I think, yeah, if the government uh, would be in their best interest, really, to uh, help support this sort of a program. Right. Dr. Langston, how do you see the funding challenge? I mean, given the huge pressures on health care costs everywhere, where do you see the extra funds coming, coming from? And how would you like to see funding help arranged for family caregivers? Well, I think this is an opportunity for people to get creative because, um, as you as you alluded to, I mean the resources here are stretched. It's not it's not as if there's a pile of money laying around waiting to be spent. Um, the interesting thing about dance is that we can look into accessing funding sources that may not traditionally have been given to support healthcare costs. Um, for instance, um, organizations that fund the arts. Um, or organizations that fund intergenerational um, work. I mean, this is an opportunity for older adults to do things with younger adults or young children um, in a way that could be fun and interesting. Um, so thinking about ways to expand the program in that way. Um, I think also there's an opportunity for private industry because there are corporations out there who have a vested interest in maintaining the health of caregivers and older adults in general. Um, banks, insurance companies, organizations like that, who you wouldn't normally think would fund something like this, but given the effects that we've seen and that I anticipate to just get stronger um, with the more data we have, I think that their investment in programs like this would be beneficial for the people that they serve um, and, of course, keep their clients around longer. Right. What about the music industry? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think they might be interested as well. Um, it's just trying to think about, you know, who who out there would have an interest in this beyond simply, you know, the doctors and the nurses who want to see people stay healthy. Um, because, yeah, they only have so many resources out there. Right, right. Now, Bob, I'm going to ask you a question um, about the way in which family caregivers themselves can help. I'm talking about family caregivers, and I guess you're one of them, who benefited from dancing. How could you and others like you help promote dancing so that other family caregivers learn about it and benefit from it? How would you do that? Well, we could certainly try and promote it in any way, uh, any way we could. I mean, uh, you know, people belong to different organizations and they have friends and and different interest groups, and if amongst themselves they could, you know, spread it word of mouth to, to various people, and uh, and more and more people learn of it, and more and more people become interested in it, and and maybe some ideas of resources uh, in order to fund fund such a program. Right. When you were sort of wondering about maybe dancing, but maybe about other things, 
um, that might be helpful to you and Joan in, and the family caregiving. How much, how much attention did you pay to what other family caregivers told you and how influenced were you by what the other family caregivers said to you? Well, I'm extremely influenced by what I've learned till this point in time, and uh, I can't say enough good about the, the support group from Acclaim Health because there's people come there that have lost their spouses and still come uh, because they feel that they can still help somebody. And that's, that's how strong their feelings are towards helping people. Right. So I, I've, uh, I'm glad I'm a member of the support group because uh, it's been a godsend for me. And what you're saying is it's a way also of giving back, giving something back. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Bob, I, and to both of you, I'd like to say this, that that's a message that comes out time and time again on Family Caregivers Unite. And it's as though family caregivers traveling a hard, difficult road, but yet they've time to turn around, look over the shoulders, and reach out and give a helping hand to family caregivers who are just starting down the road. And, Bob, it seems to me that's what you've experienced. Mm -hmm. That's right, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And so, therefore, what that points to, and I'm going to come back to you, Dr. Alexa, now, is what would you be doing, do you think, specifically to build on that sense of, I don't think self-help's quite the right way, but that sort of reaching out to give a helping hand to others. How, how can you integrate the dance class notion into that social method that, w- that we've just been talking about? Well, I think that that is something that we see quite a bit in the research that we do across all the programs is that um, older adults in, in general um, want to give back to the community um, and the opportunity to participate in research is a way that they can do that. Um, by being a research participant, I mean, sure, they're having a good time at the dance class, but our results will hopefully influence policy and funding decisions farther down the road for hundreds more people. Um, so simply participating in the program itself is giving back, um, even if they do end up getting some personal benefits along the way. Um, so we try to remind people of that as they're participating that they're really helping us out, um, even if they're having a good time too. Yeah, that's excellent. Now, what about, you know, there are plenty of of very good dancers around. Maybe they've retired. Maybe they do it as a hobby, but maybe they're skilled. Do you see them volunteering to help the dance classes? Is that a way forward, too? Oh, that would be fantastic. I mean, that would, that would be a perfect example of, of how to um, both deliver this sort of thing to older adults in a more feasible way, particularly if it's on a volunteer basis because that reduces that cost, as well as um, maintaining the older dancers' participation in their own work um, as they grow older as well. So, I mean, that would, be, that would be an ideal from my point of view. <laughs> okay. There we go. Now, I'm afraid... Bob and Dr. Alexa, we have to leave it there because our time is up. But I want to say, first of all, thank you to our listeners. And please do email us with your comments and questions, and I'll pass them on to both Bob and to Dr. Alexa. I want to say thank you sincerely to Bob and Dr. Alexa for sharing the experience, insights, and advice. And I want to wish you both in your way, both of you, every success. And if, if I may just say quickly to to 
Bob, as a firefighter in the past, he served the community. As a family caregiver now, he's still serving, he's still on duty, but this time it's as a family caregiver. And when he speaks of the fun that he and his wife had, that is the message, I think, that Dr. Alexa is giving you and Dr. Alexa is receiving and responding to. So I hope that this, for both of you, helps in, in some way to move the dance and dementia idea forward in a positive and encouraging and helpful way. Yeah. So thank you both. No, I'd like to say thank you very much for the opportunity and for both you and Dr. Alexa. Please keep up the good work. <laughs> thank you very much. Yes, and thank you very much for having me on here. Um, and I also wanted to express, I mean, of course, thank you to Bob for doing my dance program because, <laughs> I mean, he's really, really why I do that. He's really why I do that every day. That's it, great. Now, in our next episode, we're going to be talking about organ donation and the gifting of life. Please join us, same time, same spot on your Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.